following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. All right, we're back after a week-long hiatus in between podcast, thanks to my tummy ache, but I didn't want to be <laughs> running to the bathroom every five minutes during our podcast. No taping. worries. No worries. You have a plunger? No. Um, and we're really, its it was almost kind of the, the best time to, yeah. I mean, with all the chaos and insanity and stuff. It was a good week to not... Uh, be live on the dive air. into stuff. Yeah, so this yeah. is the intentional foul. Josh and Dan back. Thank you for subscribing, downloading, and listening. And as always, tell your friends. Um, we're getting closer to some stuff. Some stuff has already started, and some stuff looks like it's still far away. Jesus, baseball! What are you doing? How do they not know that they are the perpetual clown show? when it comes to this stuff of all the major sports organizations. It seems like this could be a perfect opportunity for all these sports to be some sort of a shining example of, you know, we know that we need to get back and we're here for you and blah, blah, blah. They they are going and running in the complete opposite direction of that. Both sides, owners and players. Yeah. And it's really a horrible look. I mean, I've read some stuff, and I know we'll, we'll get to baseball in a bit, but, I mean, I've read some stuff about, and it's usually the, the generation that's right above ours mm-hmm. that were done with the strike. Yes. They haven't been back. Yes. And that's a, min, that's a minute amount. That's 25 years ago. Right, yeah. but, I mean, that's... that's not. Yeah, a lot of them, most of them eventually came back because right. they wanted to see guys hit 700-foot homers. I mean, some of them still haven't. <laughs> Um, it's just like the people who said that they're done with the Packers or done with Favre. You know, it's you yeah. get trace amounts. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can talk a big game, but when it comes down to it. There's a few that left and never came back, but right. the majority of them, yeah. But it's I mean, just too easy to not come back, you know? But how many times, if you're baseball, can you keep doing this and expect people to keep saying, oh, no big deal, we love you anyway. But, I mean, they kind of have the upper hand here because we are thirsting for stuff so much that it seems like they can act like buffoons and nobody cares. Especially yeah, well, when they're not selling when they're not going to sell tickets. That would be a good measuring stick. But if you can't buy tickets, then you're not telling them anything. Right. Well, it's it's <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what happens here um because they have to start I mean, if they're going to play, they got to start pretty soon. Clock's ticking because Baseball is the one sport that you can't play in the winter unless they're going to play these games in in somebody's dome and you're going to forego home field advantage or something. But um, they got to get going. They got to shit or get off the pot. And yeah, we'll we'll get into that in a few minutes. But it's it's not looking great. Start with the NFL, and there's been a lot of um, I don't even know what the word or phrase is that I'm looking for. There's been a lot of involvement with teams and players speaking out on, you know, racial injustices and stuff like that. And then you've got, and and, um, let's be clear, most of it has been very positive and very supportive and very unifying. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So basically did not learn a thing until he found out that maybe that's the wrong thing I should have said when everybody else, including my teammates, is against me. He, he didn't learn anything until he got yelled at, basically, and shamed and shunned and canceled and all of the little buzzwords that people use now. Here's my thing with Drew Brees specifically. Why am I asking Drew Brees' opinion on social matters? Because why that, do I care what that, his opinion is? That's what we do now. We want everybody. I know. I just I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, when did that change? Because, th- like, when we were kids, like 
Barkley was a guy that would speak out about some things. There was always the rumor that when he was done playing, he was going to run for governor of Alabama right. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then know, on the same token, he said, I'm not a role model. Yeah. Well, then if you're not a role model, shut up. Well, but you know, well, that's a little different. Well, but, you know, that's not that's not political as much as it is raising your kids. Where he, With the political stuff, like, there were a couple of athletes in our youth that this would happen, but not much. But somewhere along the line in the last 10 to 20 years, this has changed. And it's like we have to know who Tom Brady's voting for president. We have to know what Drew Brees thinks about Colin Kaepernick kneeling five years ago. Why? I don't understand. Like, I guarantee you, you and I know just as much about everything that's going on as those two guys do. They don't know any more than we do. So why is their opinion any more valid than ours? Because they can throw a football? Like, I don't understand. And it's and even with, like, celebrities, it's like, why do I give a shit if Robert De Niro likes the president? I don't care. I don't care. That's not why I know. I know you because you make movies. Drew Brees, I know you because you're a really good quarterback. I don't need anything else from you. Like, these people in this country now that all of a sudden they need uh, pop culture figures to be, like, this moral compass for the nation, like... I don't understand it. If Drew Brees doesn't like that a guy kneels for the flag, fine. Who cares? Yeah, but I I think now it's more all-encompassing as far as people's political views and views on race and whatever other, you know, social subject you want to bring up because the only time we would hear about celebrities or sports people's personal lives is when they went up in flames. You know, people want to know that, I think, for the most part, and there are some exceptions, people want to know whether the the person that they're cheering for is a good guy or whether he's sending pictures of his penis to a reporter for somebody else. Well, that's not a good example. I'm not going to cheer for that person. I don't like that person anymore. So now it seems like we want to know all the inner workings of this people, and I'm not saying we as right. in you and no, me, because you. for the most part, I generally don't care. Your thoughts and your beliefs are yours unless they are radically right. horrible. Exactly. You know, but I don't care who you vote for. I don't care who you support. You know, just like you and I can defer on many things, that doesn't stop me from from being your buddy and us doing these podcasts. Whereas now it's like if you and I have a disagreement and it's something that will never, ever get settled because of our differences in whatever philosophy we're talking about, we're never, ever going to talk again. Mm -hmm. That seems to be where we are right now with some of this stuff. Like Tiger Woods, clearly with his, you know, marriage, he was a scumbag when his thing blew. Was that Thanksgiving night Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. years ago? You know, so people kind of found out about what Tiger what side of Tiger was there, and some of them kind of stepped away. Now we, now that we get glimpses of these, and because it's so much easier to find out information, it's so much easier for people to, because everybody has a voice now. That, I think, is also a big thing, because nobody cared about, you know, the backup quarterback or the second-string offensive lineman or the, you know, uh, third guy to come off the bench. Now these guys all have social media. They're not being asked. They're just putting out. And that's how I think a lot of this stuff is kind of coming back to bite them. Because if if you didn't have that avenue to release all these thoughts, I don't think we'd have near as many of the problems as we do right now with, well, did you see what so-and-so said? That's terrible. Why the hell did you... Some things, again, maybe you should just keep quiet. Well, usually in a locker room... There are a few things that are that are that are not well that are not worried about who you sleep with. Most athletes, like nobody cares. None of your like business. the media makes a big deal out of that shit. Oh, what would have happened if there was a gay guy in the locker room? Like Barkley said many times. I guarantee you, we've all played with somebody who's gay. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Can they play or can they not play? Right. Who did you vote for? Who do you sleep with? You know what religion are you like? Up until about 10 years ago, that never mattered at all in a locker room. There were, the only two things in a locker room you never talked about were girls and money. That's it. <laughs> but now it's like, you know, if it's like these guys all of a sudden, oh, I don't want to play with him. What? Like Malcolm Jenkins and, and Michael Thomas yep. of the Saints pretty much come out and say, in not so many words, like, we don't want to play with Drew Brees anymore. 
Because he doesn't agree with your politics? Really? You're that shallow? I think that's really shallow. Just personally. Like, and it goes back to a couple years ago with people that say, oh, if you're a if you're a Trump supporter or if it's the other side, if you're a Hilly supporter, I'm, I'm not talking to you. And people, I know people in families that have stopped talking yep. over that shit. It's like, you're pathetic. I'm sorry. Get a life. You know, you, mm-hmm. you've got issues if, if that is determining um, who you can and cannot be around. There's plenty of people at our jobs that we have differing opinions on a, a myriad of topics. But you just put your head down, you deal with it, and you go to work because it's your job. Yep. And for some reason, in 2020, apparently sports figures get to decide how everybody else gets to think. And, I, you know, I the whole Twitter thing, Twitter is awful. You and I are both on it. I use it for fun. You use it for I fun. too. You know, we're not typically going on there. I mean, if there's something... You know that might need to be addressed. I, you know, we would maybe retweet something. We're not going on there giving a soliloquy about our thoughts <laughs> and then getting upset when people disagree with us. No, in the comment section where these guys, it's it's just it really is a generational thing, and I think that's where Drew Brees is a little lost. And you and I t- have talked about it with Rogers. Drew Brees is forty-one years old. A twenty Drew Brees at forty-one and a twenty-two-year-old black kid from Alabama who's a six-round pick who's a safety. They have no shared life experiences. So why are we getting mad at a 40-year-old guy that doesn't understand what these guys are going through? It's it's silly. Um, I'm just, you know, just sports needs to start. So some of this other shit can kind of get pushed to the side. I'm not saying you know, um, socially and, and in the world, it needs to be put aside. I'm saying in sports mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, sports is supposed to be something that brings everybody together. But I feel like in the last couple of years, it's been used as a weapon to divide people. Even, you know, we're, we're all divided by the teams we like and who we root for and players we like. We don't need to be divided in terms of how we approach a national anthem or what, president or what political party or quarterback is that's just stupid to me how many things have turned into tools of divisiveness lately everything both but both sides it's it's not one or the other it's both um speaking of the national anthem and that segue is perfect into roger goodell releasing a statement saying that we were wrong i was wrong we haven't paid attention blah 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 and if you guys want to uh, basically you know do a demonstration during the national anthem you know, I mean that's that's basically what he said. Like to what know. end? To what know. end? I don't know. Is it only kneeling? What what is it? Can a player turn his back to the field? Can he keep his helmet on? Can he be just milling around the sideline? Can you put a fist in the air like they did in the '68 Olympics? Can you lift your shirt up and have a saying on your undershirt? To what end? What what? what I would almost prefer, and I know Goodell and the NFL are getting pats on the back this week for reversing course because, you know, that's kind of the trendy thing to do. I think I would have had more respect for him in the league if they hadn't reversed course and said, no, this is a league policy. This is not, we're, we're not going to use our game as a protest. If you want to say something in the locker room after the game, you want to wear your Fidel Castro shirt or whatever it is that you want to do after the game on your own time, that's fine. But in the in the field of play, we're not going to allow that because if you're going to allow kneeling, somebody is always going to push the envelope and who knows what it's going to be. Is it can, can I can he, can he moon the flag? Like what? You know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. what, what to what end? Something is going to happen next. Yeah. What's the next thing? What is the next thing? That's good. And that's happen. where the line, and you know, it, and it, and it gets blurred. And I'm not trying to be Drew Brees and say, well, they can't kneel because it disrespects the flag. The flag means something different to everybody. Mm-hmm. It means something different to me than it does to you. Um, so I'm not saying that at all. But it's just like, man, you're really opening up a Pandora's box here if you kind of are allowing all this leeway for you know statements mm-hmm. to be made by players. Team facilities are opening up. I saw Lafleur went back to work in Green Bay on Friday. Said his assistants didn't need to rush right back. Um, I don't know if facilities in different places are under different 
orders from their states and health departments and stuff like that. I mean, is everything, is everybody pretty much open at team facilities right now? I mean, this doesn't mean that we're getting organized team activities or there's going to be anything before there's supposedly a training camp in a month and a half. Yeah, I don't know. I, I This stuff is so fluid because these states can't, they can't make rational decisions because, again, they're all worried about Twitter. Everybody's worried about what everybody's saying on Twitter, and none of these governors in these states can, you know, come to a consensus, especially a lot of the Democratic states kind of here in the Midwest. Um, you know, I'm not sure what's going on with, like, Ohio and Indiana. They were some of the first to shut their states down completely. Um, Ohio's, I think Ohio's Republican, but... But, but Ohio's relaxing, too, are, because yep. of the golf tournament that's happening in July. Right. So I think things are slowly happening, but yeah, as far as like, again, a line in the sand of like, what's the start date? Like mm-hmm. when, you know, if 29 teams are open and there's three that aren't, like right. do the 29 really have to wait around for California to open back up so the, the Chargers, the Rams, and the Niners can get their shit going? I mean, I don't know. I'm wondering how much less coaches do when they're at home communicating if players aren't around, then if they're at the stadium. I thought it was interesting when Lafleur said that, I think it was Lafleur said that like a lot of these guys have really liked working from home and stuff. I think that that could be, I've always thought that the whole football coaching world is so freaking weird. Like these guys that work like a hundred hours a week and they're sleeping in their offices. They basically have farmer's hours. It's like, what the hell are you doing? Sun like, up to sundown. You, you can't do that and, and really do your job well. That's why Mike McCarthy put on like 60 Yeah, pounds. exactly. So like some of these guys being able to like go home, work from home, we have the technology. You know, like everybody's got an iPad. I mean, if you've seen the documentary and some of the some of the things on McCarthy, his office is as good as an NFL film room. Right. I mean, he's got all the tools at his disposal that's not at a football stadium. And even if you don't, even if you're the, you know, the defensive back coach and you're not making a bunch of money uh the guy that owns your team is a gazillionaire they can buy you some stuff to take to your house that's right you know so hopefully this changes the coaching fraternity a little bit maybe these guys act a little bit more like normal people you would hope you'd hope um something that broke uh when i was just uh getting ready to leave i saw it from adam schefter is that Dalvin Cook, the Minnesota Vikings running back, says he is not going to be reporting to the team or or participating in anything until he gets a new fair contract, which I think if you learned anything from Melvin Gordon, I mean, did did that do for Gordon what he wanted? Was mission accomplished there? Well, I think I think he wanted out of San Diego, so so I think that mission was accomplished. But he torpedoed their season and ended up in Denver with a less than contract than he would have got if he'd signed an extension. So he lost money. Maybe he didn't want to be there anymore. Does but, Cook have more leverage now that he is an integral part of that offense and a, and a team that probably should win or at least be in contention? God, for, I don't know. for the division for the near future, does does any running back not named Saquon or Zeke have any leverage right. anymore? I don't I know. Mean, I don't know, man. I think um, I think the Todd Gurley contract is such a cautionary tale for these teams. I mean, the Rams gave him so much money, and then two years later, they're just begging somebody to take him, and they end up having to cut him and eat a bunch of money. I think you know, if you're the Vikings, you've got. 30-some million invested in your quarterback. You're paying feeling money. You just drafted some young guys who in a, in two or three years are going to have to get paid. Rudolph reworked his contract. They shipped Diggs out of town. I don't know, man. I mean, he he was the difference maker in the two Packer Viking games. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one he played, they won. The one he didn't play, they lost. Um, yeah, if you're trying to win the division, and that's what it boils down to for some of these teams for me. If you're trying, like with with the Cowboys, with Dak, right? What he's asking for is a joke. He has had, and Cowherd ran it down yesterday, It was, or maybe it was even today. It was really funny because Michael Irvin came out and said Dak was basically carrying the load the last couple of years. And, and Cowherd ran down all of his weapons. He's like, 
You know, he had Dez. He had Witten. He had the best offensive line in football. Then he got Amari Cooper. Then he got. Uh, then he's got Gallup, and he's got Zeke. And he's like, w- what exactly is he doing that that uh, like Andy Dalton can't do? So, I don't know. Are, but at the same time, it's like you've got all these guys. You're prepared to win now if you're Dallas. Like, just pay him and win a Super Bowl and worry about it later, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Vikings. Like, just pay Cook. Worry about. His shit in two years, you can cut him. Right. You know, you might eat a little bit of money, but if you win a Super Bowl, then it's probably it's worth money everything. well spent. That's right. It's worth everything. Yep. All right. Anything else in the NFL that we that that we missed? There's I don't not. Think a, so. There wasn't a ton going no, on. Not not as far as anything actually organizational or team wide. Um, I don't know how long we're going to spend on this, but this <laughs> m- this might be the bulk of it because let's get to baseball. And I love your note because you say it's completely run by idiots, and that is a quote. Um, both sides have put forth a plan. Both sides have rejected a plan. Both sides say that they need assurances. And I, I just love how... One side says, we need to do this to try and break even, even though we're going to lose money anyway. We just want to play because there's some money to be had. And then the other side says, well, that's not true. You guys, you're, you're not, that's not how it works and whatever, and we need this to make it work. And it's like each side is telling the other how it needs to go for them to get back to work. And that doesn't seem to really be the best collaborative choice. No, well, both sides definitely have blood on their hands. There's no doubt about it. And the players are really, really, really trying their best on social media to come off as the good guys and and play this woe is me. I love the quote today. Which was? Depriving America. Oh, yeah. Yes, they're blaming the owners for depriving America of baseball. (laughs) Um, You know, we've said it before. I mean, for the most part, I think you fall in the same boat with me. You're pretty pro player for the most part. Um, the the problem I have with this kind of stuff, and it and it's going to lead into next year for baseball with the collective bargaining agreement expiring. As a player, and especially when you, with these players' unions, their whole game is to fight the establishment, which is the ownership. Um, but the problem I have with it is like if you're I don't know. You're Keston Hira, right? And you're 23 years old. And let's say you have a nice MLB career and you play till you're 32. Okay. He has a nice nine, 10 year career. You're basically asking him to give up two years of money. So in their, their opportunity right now is to make some money and they're willing to give that up and possibly give up next year. Cause I think if they don't play this year, they will not play next year. Really? At least they will not start, start, start on the time. season right. on time. I just don't think there's any way because if they can't get this done, it really will show you how far apart the sides are, and they both basically are going to dig their heels in. And whenever you dig your heels in against a billionaire, you're going to lose. Because I would say, what, 30 baseball teams? I bet 22 of those guys could walk away from their franchises right now and not miss a beat. They're that rich. There's a couple of them, like, you know, that aren't super-duper rich. Like, Atanasio's not like the Steinbrenners or right. the guys that own the, the Cubs. But he's got a lot of money. But he's also got another business that he can run where he makes a lot of money. And that's what most of these guys have. So if they're not going to have baseball, and there's been some owners that have said, we will save money actually by not playing the game because we lose so much by the ticket revenue and concessions and, and all that stuff. basically what Ricketts came out last week and yeah. said is that you you guys think that we make a shit ton of money on our baseball teams when everything that we supposedly make goes right back after we get all our bills paid to the general manager to see how we can improve our team. And people forget, and they're but they're finding out right now, those teams got to pay all the minor league guys. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of players, it's a lot of coaches, it's a lot of training staff, it's a lot of just general people that work for those teams that are employed by the parent franchise. So, is there creative book working done? Of course. These are billion-dollar corporations. Of course they're moving things around so they can have certain things in the black and certain things in the red that fit their narrative. We all get that, but at some point, somebody's going to have to cave, 
It's going to have to be the players. It always ends up being the players. I just don't know what they're posturing for at this point. Do you start out so high with what your list of demands are because you know in the end? Or do they really think they're going to win? And they're going to paint the ownership as with such a broad brush as the bad guys that the owners are going to have no choice but to cave? Or do the players think that, okay, we're probably going to lose, but let's start out asking for everything that we want but we know we're not going to get so that we can backtrack to the point where it gets to a level that we can accept? Yeah, I mean, that's most likely how they would do it. Um I mean, that seems like negotiating one on one. Yeah, I mean, the problem they have is Tony Clark, a former player, is mm-hmm. the president of the Players Union, and he studied under Donald Fear, who was the president of the Players Union for a couple of decades, and was basically him and Bud Selig were the reason there was a strike in 1994 because Fear just was never going to budge. It just wasn't going to happen. Just wasn't going to budge. And I think Tony Clark is trying to play that game. But, you know, like you said, you've got a generation of fans older than us that if, that if, if they haven't left the game completely, they've soured on it because you had the strike, you had the steroid thing, now you've got the cheating thing with the Astros. They've been alienated. There's a lot of people. And now our generation of people that, for the most part, like baseball, but aren't maybe the diehard generation that our fathers and grandfathers were. I miss the Brewers, but whatever. Don't play. (laughs) Because you know what's going to be going on in July through the end of the year? The NBA and their playoffs in October, right, when you would be having your World Series. College football, which is going to be played in some places at least, in the NFL, which I think is going to be business as usual with full stadiums. And you've also pushed golf back. And you've pushed golf back, exactly. So, so we've got there's a- nothing, if baseball's not going on, I really don't know that it's going to be missed. I think people are upset right now because they could be playing right now and there's nothing else to do. But at the end of July, when the NBA comes back and football training camps are kicking into gear, nobody's going to give a shit about baseball. Nobody pays attention to baseball at that time of year anyway. No, because football's fresh. They've missed it for six months. You're in the dog days of the season. So Mm -hmm. they have really screwed themselves in the public eye. I I don't know. I mean, if they don't play baseball this year and it drags into next year and you're coming off a cheating scandal with the Astros – I don't know that you could possibly get worse PR for a league. I, I don't know what you could do. It's terrible. I don't know. what You have Jeff Passan tweets, and I, well, I, ha- I haven't been following him he was just kind as of, much as I should. It was just kind of a – I couldn't remember all of it, so I just put that in there because he kind of tweeted an explanation of what was offered. Mm-hmm. But it was basically – MLB offered today a 76-game season <laughs> worth worth $1.4 billion in potential with, like, $400 million uh, playoff bonus money to try to recoup some that they lost or, and are going to lose. The players flat rejected it. I have been told, and I have read some things, that there are some people that are guaranteeing they're going to have a at least a 48-game season. Well, that's what I read today, something about Manfred pushing through a 50-game year without the union's yes. blessing. To that I say, who fucking wants to watch that? You know how many times at the end of May, after like 40 or 50 games, the Marlins, the Devil Rays, uh, the Pirates, and the Padres, Padres are winning their respective divisions? Lots it happens all the time because it's a hot start. So what? They're they win their division now, no. and I think and I haven't read totally on it. Like I think like half the league's going to make the playoffs if they do this. Right? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> just just bag it. Right. It's kind just, of just, just bag it. It's kind of where I'm. I'm tired of hearing yeah. about this bullshit. I'm tired of listening. You know, I go on Twitter today and Travis Shaw's on there whining, and I just want to be like, dude, you hit one ten last year. You're lucky you're even getting a check. You could be bagging my groceries for Christ's sake. <laughs> Fuck out of here. The only good news to come of this, and 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 you mentioned the minor leaguers, is the A's owner said that he made a mistake and he's going to be pay- paying 
all the A's, you know, players, $400 a week stipend through the end of what's supposed to be the minor league season. So that means the snappers are going to get paid. Which is good. And you had talked about that a little yep. bit last week. Yep. So that's so that's going to happen. Um, and that's basically all the baseball. I mean, you and I have, you know. Well, I mean, we've gone over the, the problem. The problem you and I are running into with this podcast right now is we're discussing the same shit today that we discussed three months ago. How are these te- How are these leagues going to come back? And really, nobody's figured out how they're going to do it. The NBA is coming back. We're going to get into that in a second. Kind of haphazardly, strangely unnecessarily in some respects how they're doing things, but, but at, least, at they're, least they're coming back. Right. So. N- NHL is is on its way. NASCAR is is has, is in there. UFC's come back. Golf is, is starting up this weekend. So, I mean, you know, you're getting all of these leagues, and baseball is busy, you know, throwing spitwaz at, at, at each other. Well, how long do you think they've had that KBO on uh, ESPN now? Maybe a month, close to a month? Month, maybe. You tell, They've missed at least a month of baseball. Mm-hmm. They're going to miss another month right now. Mm-hmm. And I think they were saying like the latest they wanted to be able to start now was mid-July. Because you've already screwed up starting on the 4th. Yep. So you're now you're into mid-July? Ah, I don't know. Whatever. I, I just hope that we have not seen, I have not seen, uh, Ryan Braun play his last game as a right, brewer. Right, Because I think if they had had a normal season, this would have been it for him. So, we'll All right, see. let's switch to the NBA. Um, and you've been following this, obviously, more closely than I have. I've read some of your tweets, and you've been critical about why the, the weird, you know, resumption of of teams and the unbalanced because some teams have played not as many games and there's play-ins and then there's different playoff scenarios and all this stuff but basically the only thing that I've understood is that they're trying to create a bubble around Disney World in the ESPN wide world of sports I don't know any of the logistics about what different lands and hotels these players are going to be at, how many family members are going to be allowed, broadcasters, you know, coaches. Oh, I did see that some older coaches might not be allowed, which some... some which they flipped out about. Some, oh, completely took yeah. exception to. Yes. Um, so I don't know how many staff are going to be allowed. I don't know what the total numbers are. Um, but basically it amounts to 22 teams will start playing July 31st down at Disney, and there's an imbalance of West versus east and they're going to start training camp at the end of this month basically it's they've they've made it 25 times more complicated than it needs to be um yeah so like you said 22 teams are going to go down so that means eight teams are done so you're talking about the the eight shittiest teams in the league there's going to be 13 teams from the west and nine from the east the reason they're doing that is because the eighth seed in the East right now is right. Orlando. Washington is the nine seed who's five and a half games behind them. Charlotte would be the tenth seed at seven games behind them. They're going to play eight regular season games, so they cut Charlotte out because basically Charlotte would have to win out and Orlando and Washington would have to lose out, and that's not going to happen. They want to make it reachable Correct. for that eighth seed for either conference. So what they're doing is <clears throat> the top seven seeds in both the East and the West – are in the playoffs right now. They're in. You can still jockey for seeding with these last eight games, but those top seven teams are in. What's going to happen with the to get the eighth seed? If in some, if there's a tie, like if Washington and Orlando tie, then they're going to have to have a play-in game or something like that. And they've talked about. I think out west they might end up having to do like a little mini tournament because they've got more teams. I don't really know how that's going to work because I don't think. They 100% know how that's going to work. <clears throat> At the end of the day, like I told you before, it doesn't matter because they're just going to get beat by the Bucks and the Lakers <laughs> in the first round anyways. This is kind of all much ado about nothing. Um, I did read today, tentatively, training camp is supposed to begin June 30th. They're going to practice for about a week in their respective home cities. Then July 7th, all of the teams are going to fly to Orlando, and they're going to quarantine for 14 days, which... I don't know if Adam Silver has watched TV the last couple of weeks or certainly the last week. Quarantine's done. It's over. Mm -hmm. Um, If you think you're going to tell these 
hundred multimillionaire players that like you can only go over to the the swizzle stick and the pretzel stand. That's your boundary. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Now, I I haven't been to Disney in years. You were there a couple of years ago. <clears throat> I had heard some things like they've got like movie theaters and like you know almost like small cities within Disney World. So I think is. I think for the most part. These guys are going to be okay. the The problem is I don't know how the family stuff is going to work. Um, it sounds like they're not going to be allowed. Which, you know, if you're the box and you go down there July seventh and you make the finals, game seven of the finals is scheduled October twelfth. Mm-hmm. So what? That's four months. You're going to be in Orlando and not see your family. That's going to be tough, and maybe that's something that changes as it goes on. Maybe right. as less teams are around, sure. you allow some people to come in. Or um, as maybe the pandemic, you know, loosens up. Yes, for sure. Things get better, and it's not as much of a concern, so you start, you know, laxing restrictions. Absolutely. So um, my, my issue is they're not going to start playing until July 31st, and it's a long that's way off. seven weeks from now, and they – came out with this last week so it's basically it's a two-month lead-up i don't know why they need that long um apparently chris paul who's head of the players union was very vocal in saying the players needed that time which i just again i mean a, a regular training camp's about three weeks you have eight six or six or eight preseason games and then the season starts um why does this need to be longer i don't understand why they need two months this should i think they should be starting fourth of july weekend Frankly, I think it would be uh, a ratings bonanza, especially if the weather was shitty. Right. It'd be nothing else to do. Um, so that that's a little silly. Game seven of the finals would be October 12th. Um, Cowherd did a rundown the other day of like the Thursday of that weekend, Tampa plays the Bears on Thursday night. Then Saturday, he rattled off like six awesome college football games. It's like Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Like there was a bunch of them. And then, like then Sunday, he rattled off like seven really compelling NFL games. And then you've got the Monday night game, and it's like the NBA Finals is going to try to happen during all of this. That doesn't seem like the wisest. Again, that's why if you started a little earlier. Now you're talking about finishing up in mid-September when there's less stuff going on. I'm curious about all these TV networks that have deals with all these leagues because we we pointed out a couple of minutes ago, you are going to have a backlog of all these major sports organizations Mm -hmm. playing all at the same time and overlapping. Yeah. Is there enough regional and national sporting networks to carry all this stuff? Now you factor in baseball? If they can come back and try, because they're still going to be playing during this. I mean, mm-hmm. is there enough room for all this stuff? I'm very curious about how they do the media. Right. So I'm guessing that no media will go to Orlando other than the bare necessities for like cameras. I think you're going. I think I think when Mike Breen and Jeff Van Gundy are calling the Bucks. Orlando first round game. I think they're sitting in a studio in New York calling the game over I've, TV. I have actually read something like that. I think that's what's going to happen. So are they going to allow Velazquez? How, how how the hell Ted Davis is supposed to do a game that's, on the radio? That's I don't I mean. know. I mean, are they going to allow a beat writer from the Journal Sentinel in there that normally covers the team? I don't even know if Fox Sports Wisconsin will carry the games. I don't know because the way I've the way I've read it is like August first. They're going to have a 10 o'clock, a noon, a 2, a 4, right. a 6, and an 8 o'clock game. And you're just going to be back to back to back to back. Are those all on ESPN? Are they on NBA TV? Does each local network get to broadcast their own team? I have, I have no idea. You'd start finding true TV on your network more yes. than, than you do for the NCAA right? tournament. All of a sudden, ESPN2 has got, and ESPN right. News have value again. That's right. You know, so um, that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out because. I mean, doing a, a broadcasting a game from a remote location while watching it on a TV screen, I don't think that would be awful. I think it would be almost impossible to do a radio broadcast that I way. Agree. I think it would be very, very difficult. 
So I, I would agree. I don't know. We'll see what happens. All right. um, but the Bucks and Lakers in that eight-game stretch, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see very little of Giannis. I think the Bucks are like five games up on Toronto, and the Lakers are five or six games up in their side of the bracket. I think that they're going to use that uh, kind of like you would see a preseason. I think Giannis will play enough in a couple of these games to win. And get comfortable. Keep your, keep yeah. your one seed. Get a little run in. Get your win back. But he's not going to be playing... 38 minutes. I mean, you never really play 38 minutes anyway, but I don't think the, those two teams are going to go balls to the wall because, mm-hmm. you know, they're the favorites. And even really, the seeding isn't as important for the Bucks as I think it is for the Lakers because there's some better teams in the West versus what the Bucks would have to play. But with no home court advantage, right. the one seed isn't really as big a deal unless you're just looking at matchups, you know, rounds down the road. So... Um, and you you definitely don't think that the December first start date is going to happen if we're if we're going to carry this through October twelfth? How I don't, I don't know. But, well, but here's the deal: you you've shifted a lot of the off season, and you're not going to be playing as many games on the back end. But then you're going to ask them to tack on yeah, but another you, full season after that. Yeah, but you know what's next summer? The Olympics. The Olympics. If we don't send NBA players to the Olympics, we're not going to medal. And that ain't we're not that ain't gonna happen. They're gonna want to send NBA players and good ones to the Olympics. So you can't if you start your season December first, you'd have to be done. You'd have to probably have a shorter season. But I don't know how you can if if the if no, if the I Lakers if saying. the Lakers beat the Bucks in Game Seven in mid October, how can you expect thirty five year old LeBron James just in like six weeks? Well, really, it'd almost be like three weeks because then you'd have to start training camp again. How do you expect those guys to do that and not get hurt? Okay, then my question would be if if you push things back and push things back and and you know, get a schedule geared around the Olympics or, you know, because didn't golf take a break so that they could I, golf yeah. in the Olympics? Hockey does that. Of, yeah. Hockey does that for okay, winners. Yep. So if you're going to do that and we're already pushed behind because of this pandemic, at what point do you cut corners and you get back on schedule? Or is now this just a long running, well, this is when we're playing because we can't cut it short on the front end, we can't cut it short on the back end, and we got the Olympics to deal with, so this is just what we're going to do unless you just intake an entire year off to to push the reset button. I think this fall is going to be a very, very important trial run for the NBA to see how they match up against football in the ratings. And they're going to get demolished. It's just a matter of how much do they get demolished and, and are they okay with it? Because I've always thought they should start the season, if you're going to keep 82, start it in December. Uh, around Christmas, have that kind of be your opening day, mm-hmm. and then play your season out. Your your finals would get pushed back into July instead of June, and just be basically another month. Um, but they may not want to do that because they might get destroyed by football. So I don't know. There's weird. There's things about the draft they have to consider. How are they going to do combines? You know what? Are, what are you going to do with the G League? Um, there, you know, some of these kids that. There's been a couple of kids that are high school seniors that are just have just graduated that have already declared they're going to go in the NBA draft. Well, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean for these guys? So now, if you're a high school kid, you haven't played a game since March, mm-hmm. and you're not the draft isn't even going to be till October, and then you're going to have what two weeks, right? Just like, to it, jump it, in, just to jump it. Like it, I don't know. There, there's a lot of uncertainty with this stuff. Um, they're gonna have to tweak it. Mm-hmm. There's just no, there's no other way. Um, I don't think you'll ever see the NBA take a hiatus like hockey does for for the Olympics. I think what would probably happen next year is you would see a, a condensed season because I just the NBA is invested in USA basketball, and I don't think they want to send an inferior product over there because it's like, you know. The the guys that like Luca's gonna play for Slovenia, Giannis is gonna play for Greece, like unless the NBA season is still going on. So um I don't know. We're gonna be have to we're gonna wait and see and uh it'll probably be something I don't like, but at the end of the day, like I told you, basketball is coming back and, and that's really all I care about, even 
if the Bucks are getting screwed. All right, we got a couple of things to get to yet. We might get out of here in under an hour. Let's see. Um, let's go to golf because that's the other pro thing that's going to be happening, and that's happening in Fort Worth, which I just read today that Texas overall has had more confirmed cases of the coronavirus than ever, and now we're holding pro sports there to start with. Yeah. And granted, there's no spectators at, at the at, at the Schwab, and that's fine. I just thought that though that it was very timely that that came out today when we're on, on the buildup of the return of golf uh, officially, and they just made it known that um, the, uh, the memorial is going to allow 8,000 spectators in Ohio next month. And there's a couple of international guys that just aren't going to come because they have to face quarantine when they get here. Then they have to face quarantine when they go back. Yeah, I get at, it. At least right now. And yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't hold fine. Yeah. You're I, not, you're not on a team. No, that's fine. I, I, to, I totally Even get it. Even if a guy's on a team and he feels uncomfortable, well, then don't play. Right. That's right. I don't care. So they're, um, but apparently this is a pretty stacked field. Mm-hmm. For the Schwab this week. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure all these guys are chomping at the bit to get out there, and they're and they're going to play the. What did I see? The what's the pro am in Tahoe? Uh, the one that Rogers and all the other athletes. Pebble Beach. They, they all do now. The the Tahoe oh, Open thing. Oh, that I, yeah, I don't remember. Mark what it's Mulder called, does usually really well, and yeah. then Steph Curry goes out there. Yeah. They're gonna. I think they're gonna do that with no fans. I believe, but they're still gonna hold the tournament. Mm. Um, I saw, but other than that, I don't know. I, this might be one of those things where I might watch a little golf just because it's back and it's not two or three guys. It's not Tom Brady or Paint Manning, which I, I don't really watch them play golf. It's like going out to, you know, Riverside and watching anybody else play golf. I don't care. You know, yeah, you're weird about that. That's fine. You're like the I, only guy in America that didn't find that interesting. I, I, I didn't care, <laughs> except when Brady tore his pants or something. Yeah. That, that's that's when I could get, you know, that's that's something I could at least share. I it. might check it out on Sunday or yeah. something when I'm doing my laundry, but, I, you know, <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I usually don't check well, out Well, no, not, not many people do. Yeah. So, um, is there anything else about golf you wanted to? Well, d- I thought Stricker's comments about the Ryder Cup oh, yes. were kind of interesting. Yep. Um, he basically said it's worthless to have it in if, there's no, if fans. there's no fans. Yep. Um, and all the players have basically echoed yeah, that from both sides. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just it just sucks for you know for Wisconsin right. and Whistling Straits that this is the year. I mean, you know, Whistling Straits is a, a good enough course and a well thought of enough place by uh, by every golfer in the world that I'm not um, frightened that it isn't going to be back if they don't have it this year. Um, but it's unfortunate, man. You know, I mean, I was, I was planning on trying to go up for a day and, and, uh, just checking it out and, and, you know, seeing what it was all about. And, um, it was kind of the one, you know, it's the one tournament when these guys actually kind of act like real athletes and show emotion and stuff, Mm -hmm. which is always fun. But, um, yeah, I mean, for the captain of the U S team to come out and say that about uh, the Ryder cup in his home state, um, that's got to carry a lot of weight. So. I don't know. I mean, I think the last I heard, they were still planning on it's, going forward with it's it. It's been nothing to the contrary of that. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're going to wait till the last minute. Right, and then pull the plug. But, you know, the weird thing with the Ryder Cup, it's kind of the same situation like you were talking about the with the European golfers. It's U.S. versus Europe, and there's a lot, a lot, a lot of fans from overseas that travel over to the, to the States to watch that. So, yeah, I mean, if you've got Ryder Cup tickets and, you're, and you live in London, like what the hell, man? You like got to come over here two weeks early and just sit around and like. Basically, what it is, work? you're gonna yeah, you're just gonna sit. Make sure you get a plane ticket earlier. That would be an expensive vacation. Right. Just just sit in a hotel for, and I, I don't even know how that is with in conjunction with any health department or whether they will track you and say you're gonna go over there and sit for two weeks with mm-hmm. your luggage. Yeah, and and then we'll we'll come get you when you can leave. I I, I don't know how that's gonna work, but I would imagine. Unless things rapidly improve where all these health departments basically say, okay, international travel is fine, we're not going to quarantine you, I don't see any way that this is going to happen, which sucks. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. Um, Higher in state, a familiar name for people that follow college hoops in Wisconsin, is UW-Green Bay, the men hired Bo Ryan's kid, Will Ryan, which... I mean, he's done everything I think that a, a coach wanting to run your own program should do. Work for dad for a while, you know, held a couple of positions in Madison, 
went to be an assistant to a couple of Ohio Bobcats. I think it was then South Dakota State or something like that. Um, and then he was in a Division II program in West Virginia. I think he finished like one game over 500. And now he gets a job at UW-Green Bay. I'm not as concerned about the hiring of Bo Ryan's kid is I'm wondering what the hell is going on with that Phoenix program where they ran Brian Wardle out of town, and now apparently they've dismissed Link Darner for no reason whatsoever that's being reported. Yeah, it's 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 strange. It's very odd. It's strange because they've they've had some decent teams the last few years. They made the tournament a couple of years ago. Um so yeah, I'm not I haven't heard any rumblings or rumors or anything of why they fired Darner. Um, I thought the Will Ryan hiring was very odd. Uh, total nepotism hire. If his name was Will Goldberg or Will Saunders, he's not getting that job. No, I mean, of course the, not. the guy worked for his dad in Madison. Then he went and worked for his dad's protege, Saul Phillips, at, at North Dakota State or wherever the hell he mm-hmm. was. And then he went to a D2 school and went 14 and 13. And then he got a D1 job. Uh, that's very strange. But the the... The head-scratching part for me is uh, in the early 90s when Green Bay was really good, when Dick Bennett was the coach, uh, Ben Berlowski from Craig played there. One of his teammates was a guy named Gary Grush from over in Wauwatosa. He was the point guard. And he is the current head coach at St. Norbert's in Green Bay right now. So when this job opened up, he was kind of the guy where everybody was like, oh, well, this is a no-brainer. He's a college basketball coach. He's right here. He played here. Well, then all of a sudden, the other day, he came out and withdrew his name from consideration, which if if you have a chance to go coach your alma mater and you basically don't have to move and you turn that down, that was a red flag for me. There's something going Program on up wise, there yes. that's not jiving with what it, uh, apparently an, a pretty high-profile alumni likes. Um. And they had another guy up there who I believe was either an, was an assistant for Darner. His name's Jimmy Foster. He's a year older than me, your age. And he played at uh, Rufus King in Milwaukee, was a really good player. And he's been in coaching like for the last 15, 20 years, he, and he's got a lot of Milwaukee ties. That was a guy that was rumored to be a front runner, and he didn't get the job either. So... I'm not sure what Will Ryan brings to the table other than a last name. I you know, I don't know if he can recruit. Um I I'm curious as to what kind of a staff he assembles. Um but this Foster guy, I thought that would have been a really nice pipeline for Green Bay to get back into Milwaukee Lucky. because when they've had success over the years, they've had Milwaukee kids. They've had some kids that um were a little undersized in a lot of respects, but were good players go up there. I remember Eric Jackson, who was another guy on that team with Gresh and Berlowski, who played at Rufus King, who was a really good player, but he was small. They had that Kiefer Sykes a couple years ago. I don't remember. He was like 5'10". He scored a ton of points for him, took him to the tournament. So it be interesting to see how this plays out and to see what kind of rope they give Will Ryan because that team... They've had a couple kids already leave the program when Darner got fired. So the cupboard is bare. So they're going to be bad this year. And now you're charging it with a guy who's... Got uh, no head coaching experience at the Division One level. one year. He's, yeah. And now he's going to be charged with building back up a program right. from the ground up. It'll be interesting if all of a sudden you, get, you see something in the paper that says... Gary Close has been hired to be the lead assistant in UW-Green Bay, former Bo Ryan assistant, or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a somebody on his staff will be a tie-in with Bo at some point. We also seem to be in the era of if you have a wildly successful coach at any level, and it could be in any sport, you are constantly looking for some sort of connection. Yeah, oh yeah. Some the, the sort tree. of the tree. The coaching tree. So whether it's blood or it's an assistant or it's somebody who ran video and did this and was your right-hand man behind the scenes, if you will, um, if you get somebody that's been associated with this successful coach, we're going to roll the dice on the fact that somehow – There's been some osmosis transfer of all of their great skills and coaching things that this person is now the next coming of. And I don't know how it does that seem to work. 
I don't know. I don't know. Your your, te- your Packers won thirteen and three last year, so it worked for one year because that yes. guy looked at the the Lafleur was in the same room as McVeigh okay, one time, right. so they hired him. That guy. That was like they did that with Shanahan, Walsh. They kept trying to do it with Belichick. Belichick, yeah. And, like, I mean, they, and some of them have worked, and some of them haven't. Parcells has got a better coaching tree than Belichick, but nobody talks about that. But yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It it, it is. It's but just weird. I, I guess it it. Allows you to justify the hire, but whether you you're successful is kind of a crapshoot. All right, let's um, let's wrap with our uh, little local high school angle. Where in the last week and a half, uh, Mark Miller, who works for uh, Wisp Sports and covers basketball, comes out with the Wisconsin Basketball Yearbook. Um, put together, and it sounds like with the help of some other local guys. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, and neither did I until afterwards. He came out with the all Janesville, the all time Janesville basketball team, and went back decades to the old Janesville High School before there was even a Craig and Parker, and came out with uh, was it two teams for for, yep. for first and second team, and yep. then uh, he grouped some players by decade who are. Uh, Oh, he called them all all starters, which were basically like not first team, second team, but more like honorable mentions. Um, and you happened to grace that list, which I thought was really cool. My uncle is the first teamer when uh, they won the you know, the only Janesville High School state championship for Janesville Parker back in the early seventies. So um, and there and there were some there were some cool names, and there are a lot of names that I I'm not familiar with. You are a kind of a basketball historian for Janesville, um, and and grew up watching the game and, and knowing a lot of these names. I knew very few, and mostly because either I watched him when I was in middle school um, or high school, um, or I just knew him because they were around my, my uncle Bob stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and you know, and you and I have talked, and there's some tweaks that you would have made to the list, and there's some tweaks that... But it's just, yeah, it's not nothing major. But it's like John Barry said, the, the beauty part of this is you set your own criteria, and mm-hmm. then you build the list the way you want it. Mm-hmm. Somebody else will have different criteria and deem what's more important to them, and they'll build the list differently. So Yeah, John wrote a nice article about it the other day in the Gazette. Um, he uh, didn't... Unfortunately, he didn't really explain the criteria of how the teams were chosen, mm-hmm. and, and what it was was... In order to make the list, you had to have been selected as an all-state player in high school. So um, I was fortunate enough to be all-state my senior year, so that's why I was on the list. Um, Very honored to be on the list with, with, you know, about 20 or 25 of the best players ever come out of the city. Um, And you had a teammate on there. I had a teammate, Aubrey Lewis Byers. He was on second team, deservedly so. Yeah. you know, I got asked by some people about a couple people that didn't make the list. Um, you know, uh, Chris Dillon, Ben Nichols, Nichols. Paul Zelmer, but those, none of those guys were all state. So um, it wasn't as much of a. It wasn't like a like five guys got down and decided who's better than who. It was kind of like they went through the list, they picked out all of the all state guys, and then they kind of ranked them from there. Mm-hmm. They took into account um, not only your high school career but your college career. That's why some guys were higher than others. Um, you know, Chris Weber was on second team. Um, he's the all-time leading scorer in Janesville, and uh, he went to Minnesota. And unfortunately for him, it was, I was asking my dad about it because my dad and Chris were good friends. They grew up together. They graduated together. And uh, I was like, I, I remember my dad telling me a story about him, about Weber and why he didn't go to Madison. Uh, part of it I'll tell you off the air, which is pretty <laughs> funny. But the other part was Badgers weren't very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, those early 70s Badger teams and, and your uncle and yep. Tim Patrick were on were bad. Um, and Minnesota was really good at the time. So Weber went to Minnesota, and when he got there, they had a guy named Kevin McHale, who was pretty good. Right. They had another guy named Michael Thompson, who went on to win titles with Magic and the Lakers, and you might have heard of his son. His name's Clay. <laughs> And they had a point guard named Flip Saunders, who would later go on to be the Minnesota Timberwolves coach for years and years. They were just really good, and Weber got up there, and he just wasn't good enough to play. Ends up transferring to North Dakota State. And the funny part of the story is Weber goes to North Dakota State and plays for Dave Vandermeulen. Augie, my coach in college. Augie at the time, a couple of years prior, 
was an assistant coach for the Badgers. So when the Badgers were recruiting Weber real hard, they got to know each other and got to be friends. And, and Chris ended up playing his last couple of years at North Dakota State. But um, he got downgraded a little bit in the college part because he didn't have the he didn't have the Lagerman Berlowski kind of a career that people would have thought he had. So um, he was one of the guys that a lot of people said should have been on first team. And it's one of those things. Where it's like, well, that's fine. Who are you taking off? Right. You know. I mean, your uncle was on there. He won a state title, um, played for the Badgers, and you kind of got to have a Parker guy, and he was the guy. You're not taking off Lagerman. You're not taking off Berlowski. You're not taking off Kingsley. You're not taking off Patriot. I mean, it gets to the point where it's like you're you're just picking nits right. with, with these people. Um, so, like I said, it was very cool to be on the list. Um, you know, some people that I had forgotten about that were that had played before me. Um, you know, uh, George Lynch and, and and some of those guys in the late seventies. Um, so it was pretty cool. I thought it was a fun thing to to look at in this dead time. Yep. Um, Miller has done this with several of the bigger cities in the state. I know he did like Oshkosh and Appleton and uh, Kenosha. Um, he came up with Madison's today, which I mean, as you can imagine, they're they're loaded. They have yes. four teams. Plus honorable mention. Honorable when he gets to Milwaukee, list. he might have to do ten teams because <laughs> there's so many great players that have come out of there. Right, Racine, Kenosha. Yeah. You, you, you lump them in. Oh man, to see who comes out of there. Yeah, I mean, no, you've got right. you've got a lot of. I mean, there's you know, me and my dad were talking about it today. Like, there's at least like eight or ten guys that have come out of Milwaukee. They played in the NBA. So you know, guys as far back as the '60s with Fred Brown when Milwaukee Lincoln was winning the state title every year. Um, he played like for like 14 years in the NBA. So. Um, Kind of fun to look at back at these lists and reminisce and mm-hmm. um, see guys that you know, like you said, you and I watched, yeah. and you know, I was very honored to be a part of it. My my good buddy Chris Collis put something on Facebook, very nice, and got a lot of nice comments from people, and uh, very much appreciated. So very cool. Yeah, uh, there was something over the weekend that I mentioned this morning, as just to wrap the high school discussion, is that. The sports station in Green Bay had apparently come out with a report that the WIA has canceled all fall sports. And the WIA had to come out and issue a statement, which they don't really do over the weekend, but I think it was important enough where they said, yeah, that's not even close to anything what we're talking about or what we're even intimating. Right. right. So, you know, slow your roll and hold your horses. And I, I just, but, and I said this this morning, the more people I talk to, none of them, figure out none none of them know how you can possibly have high school sports coming up in the fall which i do we're in the first week of june i know how kids go to school right they're already in the classroom yeah go to school man so i we're i mean not to be crass but we're all the 14 to 18 year olds dying from coronavirus I, I'm sorry. No, and people say, well, yeah, but they take it home to their family and their brother. I mean, okay, yeah, in theory, maybe, maybe. But, like, what did I hear the other day? They said, like, 100,000 people have died from it or from what having part of it or mm-hmm. whatever. That's, like, 3% of 1% of the actual population of this country. 1% of 330 million is 3 million. And a hundred thousand is like three percent of three million. Well, like what are we talking about? Right. School districts are looking at half virtual stuff, half distancing. I don't know what the landscape's going to look like, but I think it's a little premature to start talking about high school athletics when we have no idea. Yeah. Well, people in just, the first week, Friday was the last day of school. Yeah. Let's relax. Yeah. I, a lot of things are going. I think a lot of things are going to change in the next two months. And as as far as this goes, totally I think I think everything's going to get opened up, and I think that you're going to see spikes in certain areas, but it can't stop everybody from living. You got people still got to go to school, people still got to work, um, and sports are still going to be played. So, got to suck it up, strap it on, let's go. <laughs> Completely agree, and I think that's a good place to uh, to hold it. We just made it over an hour, but the. Um, Until things get going, I think this list is going to keep shrinking (laughs) 
trying my best. I, I got, know, but I got, a, I got one page. But there's just nothing. There's just nothing out there, man. Yeah. I, but I think we're. I felt I didn't even know if we should talk about the Janesville basketball thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wasn't trying to toot my horn by oh, any means fine. or anything. No, it, but that works. But I think like needed one of, some content. One of my buddies said it's amazing that you guys are still doing what you're doing with what's out there, mm-hmm. and still going to an hour minimum. So. so we took a little shit from some people for not doing it last week, which is always appreciated. Sorry, I gotta have a sick couple sick days here now you know. and again. So I like the fact that you vacuumed in here. I did. It was very nice. Yeah, I was bored the other day. Place I vacuumed like the whole I'm house. Bored I, 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 I hadn't vacuumed in like two months, so <laughs> saw a couple of chocolate chips buried in the carpet. I figured I better suck those babies up. Ooh, a French fry left over. Yeah. Fantastic. I don't have a dog to Hoover it up anymore, so. <laughs> All right, that's a good place to wrap it. That's the intentional follow for this week. Hopefully, we're back on schedule from here on out. Appreciate you listening, downloading, and subscribing. And, of course, tell your friends. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. All right. I think I was just listening to see if we'd run out of music yet. So, now we're good. Well, I think we're still there. We're good. We're good. We will talk to you next time. Go sports. <laughs>